and welcome to another episode of Bookhounds the Rundown podcast with me, Sharbins, top dog at Bookhounds, together with our wonderful co-host, Soundhound Jack Smithson. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. In these podcasts, we review running books, and this month, our book of the month is Marathon Mum by Rachel Brown uh, with Warren Fitzgerald. Uh, Just a word about Bookhounds before we get started. Bookhounds is a running club and a book group. Uh, we offer a monthly book subscription delivering running inspiration to your door. You don't have to be a member of Bookhounds to listen to this podcast, but we think you'd fit in really well. So head to bookhounds.club to find out more and to join. Um, so Jack, how are you? Um, I'm all right. I'm, I'm kind of coming out of a of an essay days. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, if I come across as a little bit sort of yeah, hazy and underslept today, then then please forgive me. But, um, it's because you are hazy and underslept. It's because I am hazy and underslept, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, usually at this point in the in the pod, I, I ask you if you've been on any good runs this, this week. But um, yeah, for the listeners, Jack is quite heroically doing a part-time master's alongside their usual job. Um, and I think deadline day was yesterday, was it? Yeah, but I did, I did get a run in, like, last thing yesterday. Fantastic. So, um, so you know, I'm even even more extraordinary. <laughs> oh, you, you, you are a hero to us all, Jack. <laughs> um, we did go on a nice run about two weeks ago, didn't we? Um, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, genuinely, I can't remember anything, but, like... Um, let me remind you, Ed, Jack and I are um, training for a trail half marathon at the end of May. Uh, in the Lake District, but we live in Liverpool and uh, it's a very, very different terrain to the Lake District. So we've been desperately trying to find some trails rather than just road running. But we have sort of worked out a kind of trail run with a little hill in it too. So that was rather nice. Um, I remember it now. Oh, you do remember? Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, yeah, enlightened me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you run off down that hill like a little like scampery fox and Scampery like Fox, that's that's my aspiration yeah. as a runner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scampery Fox wins. Um so today we're also joined by our very special guest, Tasha, from Black Girls Do Run. Welcome to the podcast, Tasha. Hello. Hiya. Can you tell us a little bit about Black Girls Do Run? So Black Girls Do Run UK is a running group that I started two years ago to encourage more black women to run. Awesome. And what's happened in those last two years? Gosh, so much. Um, more and more women joining, getting more women out running, um, cycling, moving. Just This has been brilliant and so inspiring. And it's just a really supportive community and lots of friendships have been made. And because we're all we're pretty much based in London, but we've got like some runners who run like, outside of London and like people meeting up that realise that they live nearby each other meeting up to run. It's just been it's just been wonderful. I love them all. That sounds great. And uh, I assume that now we're we're kind of in a, a sort of gentle easing of lockdown, we're able to, to run together in groups again. I imagine that's been yes. good fun. So obviously we had to pause our group runs like all the other run groups. And we haven't resumed them yet, but we hope to do so next month. Fantastic. Something to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Especially as the weather gets nicer, isn't it? Definitely. And what about you, Tasha? Can you tell us a little bit about your running journey? So, yes. So I've been running for 22 years this year, I think. No. What, since you were born or something? First, my first race was in was a five kilometer race, as it often the first race often is a five kilometer race in July nineteen ninety eight. Wow! And I loved it, and I've not looked back. So I've been pretty much running continuously since then. Really, mate. I think I probably had breaks after I had my children. I've got two children, but um, I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm injured at the moment because I fell over running the other day and I hurt my shin, but. So I've swapped for cycling now. I do like cycling, but it's not, I don't love it as much as running. I'm kind of getting bored of it already, actually. It's not quite the same, but I've got to keep moving. 
totally fair yeah there's there's nothing quite like running no. it's really weird when you fall over like occasionally I do that too and I'm like what where did that come from because yeah. for me and probably same for you being in in I think you're in northwest London aren't you yeah like it's not like you're tripping over tree roots or anything no it's uneven it's... paving stones yeah it was uneven paving stones that oh. but you know what I've done I haven't the last time I fell was in 2004 so I've done pretty well <laughs> You were having a good role. That's yeah. all right then. <laughs> um, brilliant. What we're going to do is do our usual quick round, um, which is just a, a quick fire round of questions so that listeners can get to know us better and decide whether or not they're going to trust our review of the book. Um, so just a, a quick fire round. But here we go. Summer or winter? Summer. Summer. Uh, I'm going to be facetious and say autumn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love I love autumn. It's the best. It's the best. Um cats or dogs? Cats. Oh controversial. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll we'll let you off, Tasha, although obviously we are book hounds, so uh, the, the dog connection is there. Um run long or run fast? Run long. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jack changes their answer every month. Uh, but this month I, Jack I do. <laughs> Depends on how I'm feeling at the time. And road running or trail running? Both. A combination. Because you said autumn, so I'm going to say something different, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own rules. Yeah, I think I think trail if they're available. <laughs> trail where available, yeah, I'm with you, Jack. Um some someday we'll live in some beautiful countryside, but um for now, um we'll just have to seek out those trails. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to run on the road to get to the run on the road to get to the trail. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hybrid. <I'm laughs> Okay, so let's get to the book review. And uh, as I said at the start, we have been looking at Marathon Mum by Rachel Brown. I'm going to really quickly read The Dust Jacket for anybody that um, isn't aware of this book. It's um, only recently published within the last couple of months. And The Dust Jacket says, In the late 80s, our Rachel was having a boss time as a podium dancer at the Pleasure Drome in Birkenhead. Fast forward several years and she's married with the kids she's always dreamed of but the body she's always dreaded. To make things worse, her husband Trevor begins to show his true controlling colours and Rachel blames herself, spiralling into depression until she discovers running. Buzzing from her epiphany, the forest gump of the Mersey is derided by Trevor but catches the attention of some local women, all struggling and vulnerable in their own ways. This disparate group... This dis... Hang on. <laughs> I think there's a typo on the dust jacket. <laughs> No, hang on, it's just me. The, these disparate women persuade Rachel to lead them in a running club to get a bit of whatever she's on, where they all discover more than the mere chance to shed a few pounds in this burgeoning sisterhood. So, Jack and Tasha, first impressions of Marathon Mum. I loved it. Excellent. I just, I can't <laughs> believe that one person like went through so much for her. Yeah, for real, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, but yeah, she she definitely went through it, didn't she? Yeah, especially when she was in um, Japan. Was it Japan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was awful. She was held like prisoner. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild, wasn't it? But no, I loved it. I think I read it in about four days. I literally couldn't put it down. I love that. A few people have said that. Jack, first impressions? first impressions I wasn't sure it would be like the sort of book that I would that I would get into really like I'm, I think because I've been so kind of you know focused on things related to my degree and stuff it was like I, I was just like oh like I'll 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 give this a go kind of thing um but I remember you saying when you gave it to me that like you it just like really grips you and you just kind of you like devoured it and yeah I just felt like um 
it, it was kind of like chatting to somebody you just really quickly become friends with kind of thing like someone who's like you know when you meet someone you're like oh we're really just we're just gonna hit it off and you end up just kind of telling each other your whole life story like really quickly I just it felt like that like I was kind of uh, I just wanted to get to know her better and and it was it was a really like lovely kind of way to end stressful days just kind of hearing about you know how she was changing people's lives and things yeah no I find it so relatable it just felt like somebody you would meet one day I'd love to meet her actually yeah she's just so she's just so warm and just so um been through so much but still able to give so much yeah totally um so yeah again like for me it's not the kind of book that I would have picked off the shelf um it was recommended by uh, one of our bookhounds members who is mates with Rachel um um but yeah I thought all right I'll give it a go it's probably not for me but instantly I just sort of really fell for it and obviously we're Jack and I are based in Liverpool um and uh, so Rachel is just over the water in the Wirral yeah it's and not far isn't it yeah. exactly yeah so it, it felt very local and the kind of humor the way that she speaks was very sort of um, relatable to to the experience of, of being in Liverpool and being around Scousers. Um, so I really fell for the humour of it uh, straight away, even though I didn't think it was going to be for me. Um, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. She lives in Wirral, isn't it? On the Wirral. Yeah, she's on the Wirral. Really yeah, yeah, what so. was really weird is that I, I heard from an old friend um, recently, and where does she live now? Wirral. Hey. <laughs> It's not a place you really hear about unless you no, have a connection with it. No, I've heard about I've never heard of it before the book. So I said, oh my gosh, you've got to read this amazing book by someone who lives in Wirral. So I said, has these, so she's going to read it too. Nice one. Oh. You'll have to come visit Tasha and uh, come visit your old mate. Oh, yeah, go definitely. for a run with Rachel yeah. and run, run I've with been to, yeah, I've, been to, I've been to Liverpool once before. It's lovely. It's a good place. It's, it's good fun. You take me on your trails. No trails, no mountains. That's, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, in the first section of the book it's all about Rachel's early years um she, she was a dancer and she had some adventures traveling around the world but then she also faced an awful lot of adversity and um, what did you make of this section I found it quite um it was almost unbelievable actually mm. like I, I don't think she's lying or anything but it's like Wow, how does that how does that happen to somebody? It's like the the worst luck. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot, it was wasn't awful it? Awful how it was awful how um her first husband's family treated her. Yeah, it did just kind of it, it did just kind of feel like um it it just went from one one bad circumstance to another. Yeah. You know, she was kind of out of the frying pan into the fire just constantly and yeah. it was like you know, if someone had been telling you all this stuff like face to face, and you'd be like, you know, they would be like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and you would be kind of like, yeah. seriously, like yeah. really? But like, yeah, as you say, like obviously, obviously it's true because it's all there on, on paper, and you know, she's it's the basis of her in, entire journey. But like, gosh, like what? How strong willed would you have to be to not yeah. just kind of I was just, just really, be like, I was just trying to will like, oh my gosh, please, I hope get home. Yeah, like, yeah. What she was in. It yeah, was like you were living it. I felt like I was living it with her. Like, oh my gosh, Rachel, please get home somehow. Yeah. And a sigh of relief when she did get home. Ah, oh, thank goodness. And then you think, well, there's still a fair bit of the book left. What on earth could happen now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's, it is just one thing after another, like you said, Jack, and um, you just think, oh, is is she going to catch a break? And then. Trevor enters the picture and Rachel gets pregnant and it feels like this might be her turning point. Um, yeah, it did feel like that. Yeah. Did, were you expecting that, all oh, right, this is this is it now, she's going to have a good time? I hoped so. But I had this feeling that something was going to go wrong again. But I don't know, I guess life, that's what life is. Life is a roller coaster. kind of like, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, but Felt like Rachel's was down a lot. Definitely. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, she had some some pretty bad luck, really. And she yeah. and she struggled with so and she struggled with so many things that probably 
if she was born maybe i don't know 15 years later she a lot of the stuff that she experienced maybe wouldn't have happened because she would have been i don't know it's difficult because she says in there like had she been diagnosed with the issues she had she might not have had the experiences that she did have yeah yeah totally. so um yeah with the adhd yeah which she, she didn't she didn't realize she had i think until she was 50 um yeah and um yeah when i i interviewed rachel for um uh the the post that we do on on the book house blog um she said oh when she met with her old school teacher who she mentions in the book and she said oh you'll never guess what i've just been diagnosed with adhd her school teacher was like yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> but yeah i mean <laughs> 20 20 years ago people didn't really have an understanding of that so the teacher knows no, that it, now it, but even it then wasn't, you know, the it wasn't a thing. to look for that it didn't have a name it was all it's always been there but it didn't, it didn't have a name you just can't, i think ch- children that had it maybe like even when i was at school that like it wasn't a thing you just kind of i guess they were just kind of ostracized and just kind of like not really the teachers would just give up on them because they're so difficult to kind of yeah. teach and to yeah and so disruptive so nobody really just bothered them where it's just so different now for children who are diagnosed with adhd but it's sort of um i don't know ironically it's it's kind of made her who she is um yeah definitely she's like, the she's, like, um, she's the phoenix phoenix out of the ashes yeah for real but she enters the ashes quite a few times <laughs> she really does yeah she really does so in the book, Rachel talks a lot about her struggles with mental health, uh, with depression, um, with postpartum psychosis, uh, and eventually, as we mentioned, um, she's diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and she's pretty frank in the, the way she, she talks about it. Um, our Bookhounds group has a, um, a chat on, on Goodreads, and one of our, our Bookhounds members said that um, for them, they they found um, the way it was written about to be out outdateful outdated and uh, unhelpful. What do you think about this? The way she wrote it about her mental health. Yeah, I don't think I agree with that because she was suffered in a time where mental health wasn't like mental health is like a buzzword now. It wasn't then. You were probably just. I don't know. Mental health wasn't embraced then. So I think the way she talks about it is correct for the time that she was living in and time she grew up in. Yeah, no, I think no, nobody, like schools didn't address mental health. Your family didn't. You just had to get on with it. Mm. Yeah, I think for me there was some... There were some things, ways that she phrased things that made me think like, oh, like I, I wouldn't have phrased it that way. Like, you know, and she's like, oh, well, do you, I think it was when she was talking about um, doing things for the, for the mental health service. And she, and she said something like, oh, and what do they think I'm mental or something like that? Um, and I was thinking, oh, that's not the, that's not the politically correct way, <laughs> way to phrase that, you know, no, but then at the same time, like I sort of stopped <laughs> myself and was like, yeah but like it's an autobiographical like account like it's very it's very much her experience like and it wouldn't be the book it is if it wasn't straight from her heart and from her you know in her in her narrative and her language um so I I think I would maybe if that I'd maybe give people a kind of forewarning like if that's gonna bring up anything for you you know that kind of that kind of phrasing that's maybe slightly more relevant to someone who like has grown up in an earlier time um then have a flick through and and don't read those bits or just just you know maybe it's maybe it's not the book for you if it's really gonna if it's gonna really gonna make you uncomfortable but like I I think it it was what just made it feel like you were up close and personal with 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 Rachel um definitely yeah there are some things she said that made me cringe actually but I don't think it had, didn't put me off reading it, and I don't think it was incorrect because we're reading her story from her perspective. So it's not, 
for me to say, well, actually, you shouldn't have said it like this. And what she said is what millions of people have said. And it's probably not politically correct, but people have said it. Less people probably say things like that now, but there are still people that are ignorant to like the whole mental health issue and that it's actually a normal thing, not that if you're struggling with your mental health that you are not, you're not a nut, you're normal. And as sorry, as you said before, she 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 is a kind of a, a victim of that ignorance herself, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because she wasn't she wasn't encouraged to embrace it because nobody was because it wasn't the done thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, she is very much talking about her journey and her experience. It'd be different if she was sort of putting these terminologies onto other people. Um, I think she very much is the kind of person that calls a spade a spade. She's got that kind of northern directness and it's yeah. almost combined with like a, a tendency to to make a joke out of everything as well. Um, and I understand why that doesn't sit well with some people. But for me, you know, you kind of had her personality from the first page. And so I just couldn't imagine that she would speak about these things in any other way, really. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it would be the book that it is if she did try and change the way she spoke or change. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be her. Yeah, the book is just and brutally it honest. It wouldn't, isn't it, it wouldn't be real. Yeah, it wouldn't be real. It was it was a very real, real book. Exactly. Like I can imagine meeting her, and she's exactly the same as she is in the book. Yeah. And if it, you know, it's it's, it's written you know to speak to people who shared similar experiences as her and obviously there's loads of people because there's all these women who have joined mums to marathons and if it wasn't written in that voice potentially it wouldn't speak to those women Mm. and it wouldn't help them so it's you know it's it's a kind of language relative to that experience isn't it as well yeah definitely and all the women in i'm sure all the women in the running club in Wirral and all around that area have bought the book and like just totally get it yeah yeah definitely well I love the glossary because I didn't know what a lot of the terms meant oh, <laughs> <brilliant>. from <London. laughs> that was really helpful <laughs> that's really funny I knew what Mackie's meant though <laughs> yeah, just, just add e to the end of anything yeah. Yeah, there, there is a very distinct way of speaking out. Yeah, I find, I find it really useful to blossoming. That's really funny. Um, okay, so um, ultimately, it's running that turns Rachel's life around. Um, uh, but she admits that she wasn't actually interested in running. Rather, she only started running because it was a way to get to her Zumba class. Um, and just got me thinking, do, do you think Im- that running has an image problem? Or do you think that running is somehow less attractive um, for women than something like Zumba? Well, I don't find Zumba that attractive, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely. Which is like why I started the group Black Girls Do Run UK. So you kind of like... It's really weird because running's so easy. You just need... Well, allegedly, you just need a pair of trainers and probably a good supportive sports bra. All the other stuff, like I've got a watch and a pouch and stuff can come later. There is so much like stuff you can buy for running, but on a basic level, you just need a pair of trainers, a good sports bra, open your front door, and you can just go around your block and come back and feel like really revitalised and really good. Um... But women especially are very self-conscious. They always figure oh, someone's going to look at me or someone's going to say something, which actually is a real thing because it does happen. Oh, yeah. So that's off-putting. And then a lot of the women in the book, their husbands weren't supportive. They didn't quite get it. Mm. So it's not until they started when they could see the changes that were happening with them and the positive the positive way it was changing their lives when they... Then they started a men's group, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah, that was, that's a really funny bit in the book, isn't it? Um, yeah. No, I think... So I think we just... I think a lot of us have this image of almost, like, watching the Olympic Games and seeing, like, really, like, slim women in those in knickers and the vests running and looking, so, <laughs> looking elegant. And then, like, the majority of us don't fit into that category. <laughs> 
<laughs> love the image of looking elegant just running in knickers yeah. in a bed. Yeah. Someone's been running, running so elegantly. <laughs> and then you go running and you're like, oh, your, your face goes red and hot and you're like, you know, your hair stuck to your head. and It's just, this doesn't look glamorous. And you just think, well, I don't look, it doesn't look, I won't look like that. So maybe it's not, yeah. I can't run like that. So it's not for me. Yeah, yeah. So with Rachel, like, it's very much why I started the group. Like, you can't be what you can't see. So once Rachel started doing it, they all wanted to do it. So it's so it's so important to um, have normal people doing things because the professional athletes are brilliant, but we're never, not, many of us are never going to be like them. Right. We can't be employed to run and just like, you know, run in the morning, have a nap at lunchtime, run in the evening. Most what of us dream. are juggling so many other things like... You jack, you're juggling your job, your masters, but you still manage to run. And it's also difficult, especially for women, it's difficult because of trying to fit it in with all the other commitments. Mm-hmm. You just feel like you haven't got time and you, and then some women feel guilty for making that time. There's so many barriers to exercise for women, especially. And then there's the whole safety thing. Yeah. Like with the We Will campaign. And like, well, you can only, you can, if you lose that window of opportunity before it gets dark, then you don't run. Then you lose it again the next day. Then before you know it's two weeks, then you don't want to start again to run for five minutes and feel like your heart is going to jump out of your chest and end up in Manchester. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, 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 um, she did a really good thing. She did. Yeah, definitely. And, and the running together. Sorry, I, think I went it's... on a bit there. <laughs> No, it's all relevant. <laughs> no, that's good. It's good. I mean, yeah, the running together is obviously like um, a safety issue, but then it's also like that kind of social side. And, and like you're saying, Tasha, like seeing other people that are like you. Uh, it's funny, though, what you said at the beginning, like one of the main benefits of running is you can literally put your shoes on and go from your front door. and You've got your exercise. But it seems to me that for some women, that's actually a negative because yeah they don't want to be yeah. seen running around their neighborhood you know whereas they can just go to a zumba class hide at the back uh you know get a shower afterwards and you know kind of private exercise yeah and with zumba if you drive you can drive there and like, nobody needs to see you apart from the zumba instructor and whoever attends the class yeah it's a funny one isn't it so we definitely need more groups like mums to marathons and like black girls do run uk and bookhounds. Yay! Deadly. <laughs> 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 um, okay, once Rachel gets into running, she kind of becomes insatiable. So she goes from 5K to 10K. She does the Liverpool half. She does the London marathon. Then she's trekking across the Sahara. And, oh, no. That's yeah, crazy. Wild, right? That's when I interviewed her, I said to her, you know, will you ever stop? And she's like, no. Um can, can you relate? Do you think this is typical of a newbie runner? I think once you start running and you get that running bug, for some people, you just, it makes you want to seek out more and more experiences and more challenges. Because you go for, I think everyone starts with five kilometres or park run maybe. Yeah. And then you get good, and then you get comfortable with that and you think, oh, I'll enter the 10k race. And then you think, oh, I'll do the half marathon. Then you think, I'll do the London a marathon. And then you, then you think, why did I do that for? That was a stupid idea. <laughs> but you do it anyway, and you love it. And then you do it again. <laughs> and then unless you unless you move from full marathon to ultra marathons, I guess you're going to try and embrace different things. And like trekking Kilimanjaro, well... That's a big thing. <laughs> sure is. I've done Ben Nevis and Snowden. I don't think, I'll, and I want to do Scaffold Pike. So that, that my goal was to do the the tallest in England, Scotland, and Wales. So I've done Scotland and Wales. So I yes. think it's just a natural thing just to seek out different experiences and push yourself. And um, it's a good thing to do because it. it it makes you feel good. If you're raising money for charity, you're doing good. Right. It um it gives you confidence that you can apply yourself and do stuff. And 
it's brilliant because it's just proof that ordinary people do extraordinary things totally well, i think also what what impressed me was the fact that she managed to she managed to do all these things without um any you know she didn't have an obvious kind of like well i don't think she did have a coach or anyone kind of like guiding yeah. her through yeah. so i know when, often when i've kind of got the running bug i'll go like you know full pelt like right i'm training for this thing and i'm training for this thing and i'll only get like you know i'll maybe do one race that i've like intensely trained for before i end up with an injury and mm-hmm. like she she ends she seemed to manage to kind of like have all these kind of uh, visions in mind of what she wanted to do but also managed to kind of like pace herself right for them and you know she 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 was realistic but also like accomplished like loads of things and as far as I could see she only had um I know she had I think Leslie was the one who who trained as a masseuse so that she could yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> you know so she could do the physio and things but it was just that it was the way that as a group they managed to just you know a group of kind of initially like novice runners they managed to get each other like through like just numerous challenges yeah Kilimanjaro um, is a big deal I mean people yeah and like even they were the only ones <laughs> left at the, top at the end by the yeah, sounds yeah. of it like even like the the husband Lee who went with mm. them like like um, you know he, he did his absolute best but like they were they were the ones who had managed yeah. to get there so, totally yeah I, I, think, I, think I think their success is very much down to their motto well that thing she always said about it's the it's the finish line not the finish time Mm-hmm. so it was it was never about right i've done half marathon in two hours 20 the next one i do i'm going to do it in two hours 10. they just and that reminded us that reminded me of our group because we just done uh, we'll run a race and we'll just enjoy it we don't we're not really bothered about if we beat last time or if we did negative splits or anything like that mm-hmm. they just literally ran enjoyed each other and enjoyed the experience and that's just such a beautiful thing and it encourages more it, it's very encouraging because then um, you're encouraging people to be active but you're taking the pressure off that they don't have to be concerned about pbs and right all of that kind of competitive stuff yeah definitely i think one of the things i, I love about rachel as well is that she takes people with her and i, I mean that not just in a like like she physically takes people with her but like she brings people on the journey um for me like I, I have some challenges and some goals and some wild things I want to do and apart from Jack who often gets talked into it or sort of just like all right I will for you it's a solo thing for me um but for Rachel it's very much I can do this and I want you to know you can do that too and I, I just yeah I think that's really inspiring yeah yeah definitely yeah for her to have she's, all she's, she's, she's had like a domino she's having a domino effect on the group isn't yes. it because when she, she says she did like she's so like oh come on you can do it let's go to kilimanjaro and they all go yeah. like, okay it doesn't <laughs> seem like particularly martyred or anything does no, it it's not like she's yeah. like and i had this amazing experience and i saw these poor women and i wanted to help them it's just yeah. like it's just like meet me at the school gates and like we'll go for a run and you know it just didn't seem it didn't seem forced or like affected in any way it was just like like why wouldn't i help all these all these women like and but at the same time she wanted to elevate their stories as well and like she appreciated what they'd been through and like you know saw their challenges she didn't kind of put her her obstacles in her life despite them being massive ahead of theirs she just saw them all as part of the same experiences that like you know women have to go through absolutely yeah (laughs) she had a genuine belief i think once she caught the running bug that running that running gave her a new belief in herself and she gave that to others because she thought well if i can do it and i've been through xyz and a b c d e f because she's been through so much (laughs) you can do it too Definitely. And because she was so open about her struggles with her mental health, that really helps because you're you're dealing with a real person, not this person that like you know, hi, 
I'm Rachel and my life's perfect. Mm. She was real. So she, she was just so relatable. Like you couldn't, I don't know, you couldn't help but love her, I think, from the first time you met her. Yeah, totally. And uh, when I spoke to her, she was telling me about what she's planning for the next couple of years. And then she said to me, why don't you come with us? Yeah, like, see. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. I will want to now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I maybe I don't want to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> She'll take. I'll be off. I'll be off climbing Everest. Or exactly. Yeah. I don't know what I'm signing up for. <laughs> Are you going, Char? Um, I'm tempted. She was talking about the New York Marathon. I was like, what? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Can I meet you? <laughs> Do it. Let's all go. Come on, Tasha. Yeah. <laughs> come on let's go um, we're coming Rachel I mean, I'm, I'm certain she would be glad to have us um, okay so um, we move into the next section of the book and um, the chapters begin alternating between Rachel's voice um, and different runners from mums to marathons um, when I interviewed Rachel she mentioned that some publishers that um, they approached with the book didn't want to take it because they wanted it all in her voice um but she said no it has to be that they tell their own stories and what do you think about that i think that it's a testament to the person she is yeah and what she's done because she's like positively influenced so many people's lives and it wasn't she didn't do it just for her she did it for them so it's kind of just a natural thing for her to give portions of her book to the other women as well, because yeah. without them, there would be no mums to marathon. So I think she appreciates them and appreciates that. So um, I can understand why that was important to her. Definitely. And yeah. I, as a reader, I didn't find it jarring. You know, I, I found no, it okay going to voice. Do you know what? It was almost a relief. Like, oh my gosh, nothing else is going to happen to Rachel now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one I She's safe for a bit. I felt like I couldn't take any, I couldn't take any more of her. It's like, oh my goodness, this poor woman. And she seems so lovely. Like, I didn't want anything. So I to become a bit protective. Like, I don't want anything else to happen to her. Like, leave, leave her alone, life. <laughs> Well, it was, it was nice as well because you'd already heard about about some of them from Rachel's perspective yeah. as kind of like, you know, featuring in, in her, her story. Um, so it was nice to, to get their perspective, like kind of um, from the first person as well. And like it was kind of speaks to what I was saying about her, like elevating other people's stories yeah. and not making it all about her. Like she wanted to help them because she saw like people who could really like benefit from 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 running and like being part of the group and part of the journey totally um, and yeah shows that in the book as well totally um and at book hounds you know we talk a lot about the the wide diversity within our running community and the fact that we don't actually hear enough voices and that there's so many books written by a certain person you know a certain type of person which is usually a kind of skinny white dude um and a lot of those <laughs> books are brilliant and we will be reading many of those books um yeah. but it's really nice to hear people who are so different from that experience um in particular you know um, i speak a lot about being a queer woman and never having run um, never having read a running book by someone who is lgbtqia and and is out um they just obviously we exist as runners but there's no books there um, so, uh, particularly um was sort of surprising in, in a very pleasant way the chapter of ellie who was a trans woman um and to know that mums yeah. marathons is such an inclusive group and they just ellie's ellie was ellie um and that was all that mattered to them and um you know she's benefited from being part of that group and they've benefited from her being in that group so um, that that really touched me actually that that one in particular. Yeah, me too as well. She's that person that it's like if if she was baked beans, it would just say baked beans on the tin. Nothing else. <laughs> it just, it just, that's who she is. 
she's just transparent she's real she's genuine she's warm she's kind she's just like all all of the good words that's rachel definitely and that's just from reading a book yeah no i think i think you're right i think you're right um and what did you make of the success of mums to marathons um rachel ended up opening groups all around the northwest um what why do you think that happened everybody everybody wanted a bit of a bit of what she was on wasn't it right. <laughs> they said um that something is that's really needed because like there's always like a running group in every city or every town that's been there since i don't know 1837 or something like that but they're very traditional um they run the, they run on the track they're usually about like race times and how many minute miles you do and stuff like that and this group was just a group that brought women together i don't think i don't i didn't think it was i don't think they were all mums but it was, I'd say it's women of a certain women of a certain age. They weren't like 21, 18, 19, 21. Probably like all like 30 plus. And um clearly there's a real need for it. Right. For women to get together, to encourage each other to run, to be active, to um be healthy and then realise what the effect running has. It's not just like so a lot of them wanted to lose weight, but then it's so much more than losing weight because it's so good for your mental health. If you don't do it you get a bit cranky, then you go for a run, then you come back and you're like I thought that was what was striking about it was the number of people like in the anecdotes who who had suffered like number of women who had suffered from like mental health problems and you know had been had gone to their doctor and been sort of diagnosed like antidepressant um with depression and given antidepressants which obviously are, are necessary like at times but like it was such a kind of common theme mm. that um that, that that they got to this point in their life where they just they would just didn't know what to do and they were had regrets and they felt like they'd kind of plateaued and then it was like it was this domino effect where you know they'd speak to a friend who was already you know with monster marathons or had heard right. uh, heard about rachel and it just kind of the fact that it was that it, it ended up so like sort of expansive it just speaks to how necessary it is like there are that many women out there who've you know gone through becoming you know mums or you know gone through their sort of 20s 30s and just like well what what now like what 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 shall i what can i do with my life like how can i feel like i'm still achieving things um and like you know running it, it is it is a really it is accessible like in a, in a way because you can just put on your shoes and things but um and go out the door but it also it seems inaccessible because it you know what we see is the kind of the elites on tv and uh, you know groups like you were t talking about tasha where you know people running on a track and then they yeah. go out and doing their, you know, inter interval training and and the fact that there's just these like group of women like running running around the Wirral who probably all, always felt that they would never be runners and and now they are and they're just having a laugh yeah. as well aren't they they're yeah. just having a really yeah. lovely time it's not the center of their lives it's, yeah. it's running is a, a massive part of it it's helped their mental health and made them into a community but it's the community is like yeah. the center of it yeah and they did and they really they, they did jeffing didn't they so they did they did like walking and running which makes it so much more easier yeah because yeah. then once you do that once you do a combination of alternate walking and running before exactly. you know it you're just running yeah and then they're with each other then they're chatting and they're laughing and before you know it they ran like they didn't even realize how far they'd run because they were having so much fun well, and like, how, what other situations are there where, you know, you can't kind of just, it would be so artificial just to start up a group, like a support group that didn't have any premise of like, we're all going to go for a run, you know, like if it was just a support group of let's all sit around in a coffee shop and like start like sharing our stories about how we've struggled, it would, it would be so stilted and like, it, it probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't take off, but like. You just give people an activity and especially activity that like releases endorphins and a sense of achievement and also has this community element of people with shared experiences and like obviously it's gonna it's it's gonna take off and have continuity 
Yeah, it's what people want. Um, did this book inspire you to try something new or uh, are you planning a big adventure now because of it? Mm, not as big as Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? It's actually, because I've done, I've done Ben Nevis and I've done Snowdge, it's actually made me want to now do Scaffold Quiet because I've put it off. Well, couldn't do it last year anyway because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. But that no, I really want, I really want to do it now. Perfect. So it's inspired me to make it, try and make it happen. Book that trip, Tasha. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it also kind of made me want to write a book. Actually. Yes. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. I I, I, I don't know. If, um, yes, yeah, maybe I don't know whether I will, but it's kind of like actually, do you know what? Like. I'd like to write a book about running. I would like to make that our book of the month. <laughs> do it. <laughs> you got to do yours as well. Oh, well, I've got a plan. Don't worry. I've got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> you've always got a plan. You've always got a plan, though, Shardry. It's true. <laughs> and it does involve a rather epic run, which Jack will be involved in. <laughs> well, I will be involved in. <laughs> Yeah. She's asking you, Jack. She's not telling you. She's not asking. <laughs> she knows me. She knows I don't say no. Yeah. Um, Jack, what about you? Apart from the uh, the big adventures that I um, I'm not going to say you have installed you into. You're like my running PA. <laughs> We're doing this here at this time. Do you what to do? Where to go? Oh, what... uh, um. I'm trying to think like how I how I felt like when I was reading it. I guess I I was kind of more inspired by the like the 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 do gooding do gooding doing good do gooding element of it. Of just I felt like I almost felt like my runnings. I'm not very, <laughs> not really doing any good, especially at the moment. I just feel like I'm kind of. Often when I go out, I just have more and more pain in my knee that's getting increasingly uncomfortable. And I'm like, how can I make this like, how can I, how can I make this into a more positive experience? And I feel like that, that is to do with like helping, helping other people. And I, I, I don't know, I'm not very good at, I'd, I'd really struggle with like forward planning. So I, I think it'll, it'll churn away in my brain for a little bit before it actually manifests as a, uh, something productive but it's it's triggered something in there and you know mm. maybe i'll be a less sort of self-involved runner in two years time <laughs> yeah you need to get through your masters first i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am trying to fit a lot in for a person with a very like t- tunnel visioned mind <laughs> two things there though jack number one is you could join good gym liverpool shout out to good gym <laughs> Um, oh, long time coming. You joined now that I have stopped being the trainer. <laughs> I did suggest that to Ro the other day, and I was like, Ro said, "Why don't you come on this one?" I was like, "Well, I can't go. I can't start going now because Shah's not the trainer anymore." So I won't take offense. I won't take offense. Um, now Shah's out of the way. <laughs> the other thing is, your running does do good to Ro, who you just mentioned Jack's partner. I think definitely having you out the house and then coming back in a better mood is, is a benefit for Ro. So it's not entirely selfish. Oh wow, a double insult. Yeah, and it does good it does it does good it does good for you, Jack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, it does. If, yeah. if I'm in a bad mood then bloody everybody <laughs> Ro and everybody in uh, my place of work is, is probably feeling it. So yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right. I'm no Rachel Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are very few Rachel Browns, so don't compare yourself. Definitely. Um, final thoughts, and would you recommend this book? I already have. I already have, actually. Hey. So someone in, a woman in our running group, I told her about it, because I was reading another running book, but I stopped reading it to read this on time. So I told, and she was she was also reading the same book. She was asking me how I was getting all that. I said, no, I I'll stop reading it for now because I'm reading this. 
They said, oh, that looks good. I'm going to read it. So she read it too. Nice. And she loved it. Yeah, she loved it. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Awesome. It's a really, it's a really good read. Um, it's inspirational. It's yeah. It's just I'm just glad it had a happy ending as well. <laughs> that's what that's what I started to get worried worried about. Oh yeah, the epilogue as well. Yeah. She yeah. Meets a a fella in the park. Yeah, that was so lovely. In the interview, she's like, and we can never split up now because everybody's made up with the happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was a bit worried about the ending. No, it's all good. And then when she got, and then when she got the the breast cancer scare. True. It's like, oh my god. She's been through it all. Yeah. 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 Jack, final thoughts. Sum it up. Um, final thoughts. I need the loo. Tunnel vision ness. I can't. I can't. Just say what you feel. It's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say it's just a really great um, representation of like how powerful and like you know willful a group of women are um, and can be. And that, you know, uh, I won't swear, but, you know, men shouldn't get in the way of of of, of this potential. And um, she just, it's a great book and inspiring and you'll want to be, you'll want to be Rachel's friend by the end. Oh, and look up the, um, look up the video on YouTube of her going, being met by uh, Dr. What's his name? Off um, Lorraine Kelly. Oh, you know, she I means know, it. Yeah. Because I felt like I didn't kind of fully get a feel for who Rachel was until I until I watched that video, and then I was just like, "Oh, she's boss." <laughs> Funny, I'm gonna have to look at that. Super. Yeah, I forget everything's Super. on YouTube. And I've, I've recommended it to my mum, and my mum's now a book count as well. All right, so, uh, oh, as you can all be at bookhouse.club. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a really, really <laughs> it's it's like, such a good book. Um, all right. Well, thank you both so, so much for being part of the podcast. Um, Tasha, if people are interested in Black Girls Do Run UK, um, where can they find out more? So we're on Instagram, Black Girls Do Run UK, Facebook, Twitter, and our email is blackgirlsdorunuk at gmail.com. Fantastic. Check it out, folks, and get involved. Um, Jack, I hope you now can relax a little bit this weekend, no deadlines. Um, and Tasha, I hope that your knee starts healing so that you can ditch the bike and get back to the ultimate spot. <laughs> um, okay, folks, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you're interested in Bookhounds, we are on all your usual social medias, um, apart from all the Fandango new ones, because I'm old. Um, and you can check it out. <laughs> at bookhounds.club. Until next month, thank you and see you later.